What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Recorded live. And hello, hello, hello out there listening audience. It's your girl, Barbara McGee, coming live for from the penthouse in oh, charming, wonderful Northern California. And this is Straight Talk with the Higher Prize. Welcome. And you know what? We're so excited tonight uh, because on the fact that we're presented live by Galaxy Talk Radio and www.c25sales.com, you know, we actually have a wonderful new website that's come out. And it has wonderful things for you, our listening audience, to go observe and enjoy. I mean, we really want you to get out there and we want you to peruse on the website, which is, again, www.c25cl.com. And we want you to go there. We want you to patronize the television shows that we have, Artist Showcase. We want you to follow up on the movies that are available, you can download. And we want you also to support uh, independent music, which is right there in front of you. You can select your artists and download. Now, tonight, we're going to have something that's unusual for the Straight Top Forum. We're going to do an open forum, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the current events. So I am so excited to have Andre our CEO and chief with us tonight. Are you there, Andre? Greetings, Barbara. Here live and in color, reaching out to the galaxy, the universe, and planet Earth. That's right. We are listening and looking and trying to feel out that universe. You got it straight, sir. Anyway, did you have a good day today? I certainly did. Just a little busy doing a little bit of this and that and the other, but overall it was a good day. Yeah, me too, me too. I had a great day, real busy day. You know, got lots of projects, you know, in the fire and things like that. We have a later start time today for those that listen in that we generally straight talk is on at 7.30 on Tuesday, but today we're a little later in the evening because we want to talk about grown folks stuff tonight. We want to talk a little bit about you know, what's happening, what the trend is, and what we're seeing that's really going on that's becoming so controversial. Um, you know, I think I wanted to start out just uh, really um, giving an opportunity. Hold on. I wanted to uh, give this uh, vision to a few other people to come on and talk with us too. Uh, so, Andre, tell me, what are you thinking about what's going on I mean, recently, like with the stock market and how all of a sudden it took such a nosedive and so many people. I understand that in China, you know, they are the recent people that are investing Mm -hmm. in our local economies, such as in Mm -hmm. Oakland and buying property cash in Los Angeles and just really inflating California's property margin. And I understand that there's one guy in China who is the richest of them all. I think he's 
packed in at about $16 billion, the richest in China. Mm-hmm. And um, he lost $3 billion, I think, last Tuesday in one wipe of the stock market. I think uh, Zuckerberg lost $2 billion, and I think um, uh, some of the other richer players lost in the hundreds of millions. So my point is, is, in your viewpoint, what do you think that means? Do you think they're trying to shake some people out of the stock market, or do you think that has to do with that new trend you were talking about, how they're going to change the currency and everything soon will change? Yeah, see, see we're talking about economics. You know, we're not talking in exact science. You know, my degree is in business administration and economics, and I also have an accounting degree as well. But economics, to the average person, even to myself, it just doesn't make sense. And, um, I mean, it will bore you to death if you'll sit there and try to figure out economics 101 and 102. And um, what's happening here is it's just about valuations and manipulations of values. It's just like here in California uh, a few years ago when our real estate values went down, and then all of a sudden now they're back up. Gasoline, you might have gone to the gas station two weeks ago and gas was $4 a gallon, now it's three twenty-five. dollars uh, talked to a friend of mine in Atlanta today, gas is two twenty-five in Atlanta. And so everything is all two twenty five. Oh my goodness! That's right. That's right. That's what it is in Atlanta. And uh, and we're three twenty five, three thirty here for regular. And so valuations. These people who may have lost three billion, two billion today, did they lose cash? They lost valuation on something that they already have. What did they have going in? They may have had $100 million in real cash, and then through manipulations, it went up to a billion, a $3 billion, and $4 billion, and $5 billion. And also what they do with offshore trading as well, uh, things that are not allowed in the United States, they're allowed to do on the international markets. There's a tremendous amount of money that is lying there offshore. Mm-hmm. The That's the new player. That's a new playing field, isn't it? I mean, we know a oh, lot it's of uh, it's, go old. Ahead. it's old. I mean, monies have been traded on a daily basis. Monies trade 24 hours a day with the major financial banks offshore in Europe, uh, in China. They do it all day and all night long. That's why there's traders that work in New York, and some of those buildings are not just lit up just so planes don't run in. Some people are actually working all night long, and that's what they do because of the time differential. You know, they may mm, be, Exactly. Yeah, they may be in their New York office at midnight, but it's 8 a.m. in Europe. It might be three or four o'clock in um, Hong Kong. And so this game is being played all over the world. It's a money game. And the poor little people like us, we're just little pawns in this game. And they are the ones that decide whether 
your gasoline is going to be $5 a gallon or $2 a gallon, whether your house is worth 150000 or $1.2 million, whether right. you get a raise or whether you're going to get laid off. Right. They give us, but they're trying to position themselves in a position to give us a permission to be. But no one can give us a permission to be in the sense if we understand our economic strength. And I think that many times we as people, as individuals, as consumers, we have forgotten our economic power. And... um that is one of the main problems, I think, that's really going on that's resonating pretty tough right now in America. I think that we think still that we're the number one country. I think we still think that we go to war and we fight for freedom, and I think we still think that if we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, we have a chance, you know, to make it in the world. You know, I think in terms of economics, we've got a caller on the line. Let's see who our caller is tonight. Uh, we're talking about economics. We're here at Straight Talk. Hey, caller, um, state your name. And uh, we're talking about permanence <coughs> right now. And tonight we're talking, we started off our show with economics and what's going on with the stock market and how people are really uh, rich people, or the 10%, are playing with our money and deciding <coughs> what's important to us and what's not important to us. Do you have something to weigh in on that? Go ahead. Is that me, Barbara? Yes, that's you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I just got in here. Uh, oh, okay. Is, right. it, 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 and the topic tonight is economics. Well, I have to change my whole script. And um, the, the topic oh, well, is economics. Well, well, don't change your script, but just weigh in on that, and then we're going to move on to our oh, subject okay. matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, when you say this economic, economics in what? In terms of black spending power, a black yeah. empowerment, in, in, a black, in terms, uh, a black in terms, influence on the nation, or what we should do. First thing we have to realize, you know, you said ten percent. Actually, we're more than ten percent of the population. I mean, that's no people get a year or there because the main fact that that the Puerto Ricans, Cubans, and South Americans who are of African descent that speak and Central Americans who speak Spanish. All of a sudden, they are not black anymore, and they're here in this, this country too. And they make up another two or three percent of the population, or more. But we count them as uh, somehow we count them as Hispanics because they speak Spanish. Cuba, Cuba yeah. is ninety percent African. Uh, Brazil is eighty or ninety percent African. Uh, Argentina. Every that's why we, that's why you don't see South America on the news because there's too many Africans in South America. But that's why we don't cover South America. We don't cover South America also because of the banana. What is it? What was that? The um, Banana Republic. Now I don't know if more people know about the Banana Republic. I'm diverting from the, the topic, but it was to make white people in this country very rich by growing bananas with force, military American force in South America, because we knew that that, that we could do that there, and and the sale of bananas became uh, made some people in this country very 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 rich. Some of the billionaires mm. and, and millionaires and big families. Got their money. I, I B.I.G. got his money through slavery. Uh, so did uh, so did uh, what is it? Um, uh, Lehman Brothers. So did uh, Prudential Insurance. So did Icola. Icola. So did uh, U.S. Steel. So did Sprint. I mean, all the people involved in slavery, and um, how, they they climbed to the top on our backs. 
So yes. when we talk about finance, what financially, financially, what, 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 what do we need to do to get on par with them? Now, number one, we got a lot of rich folks, but we don't have wealthy folks. There are no black wealthy folks. Wealthy is when you get outside, Barbara, and you stand on a forty-story building, and you can look around. All that shit belongs to all that stuff belongs to somebody. All of it does. Every bit, everything you can see, but are you really on the fiftieth floor or the hundredth floor, belongs to somebody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to us. That's right. Okay? You're right about that. So now, you know, we have uh, Mr. Nomo with us uh, calling in from Northern California as well. He's sitting on the panel tonight, and it's such a pleasure to have him there. I, I want to switch our – set it out a little bit with economics. Everybody, you're listening to Straight Talk with the Higher Brush. We're doing current affairs. Still a little different forum tonight. I'm your host, Barbara. I have – CEO in Chief Andre Ward. I'm with the fellas in the penthouse tonight. Hey. But I just want to talk a little bit about something real serious. And, um, uh, you know, it really plagued me when I heard about some of the things that went on this past week with these shootings in Virginia. And my heart and our radio station, uh, our heart goes out to those who have lost in terms of the news people that were killed, but our heart also goes out to the young man who didn't receive his justice and seeing seeing that this was the way to handle prejudice and on-the-job discrimination and seeing that the injustices that were going on, uh, with the shooting back east with the nine uh, people that were massacred in the Ebenezer Church, I mean, he felt that the only way to resolve this issue was to pick up a gun and kill those who were offending. Let me set this up a little bit. I just want you to know, when I really heard the first 24 hours of that shooting, what I heard was is that he had been working at that station and had a body of work as a news reporter, uh, not an anchor, but as a roving news reporter on camera, and he had been doing this for a while. This young man, I'm not vilifying him, but I am saying he came from Oakland, California, and he moved to Virginia to try to, to a smaller station, nondescript town, to try to make a name for himself. But when he got there, everybody in that station was dating someone at the station. I mean... (laughs) Uh, yes, I'm telling you, Mr. Domo, there was uh, the girl who was the 24-year-old young woman. She was dating the news anchor for the 6 o'clock news. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the cameraman who, when he decided, when he said, hey, listen, everybody, I am being victimized because I'm a black man and I'm being talked about, I'm being called a name. I'm being called out of my name. They're calling me the N-word. They're calling me monkey. They're calling me this. They're talking about the fact that I'm gay. They are giving me hell at work. He went through all the powers that he should go through for that. And instead, he was fired. He got a uh, EEOC meeting, and that was denied. So he was denied on every official angle he went through. And then the, the people who were... Uh, the ones that were mocking him were the ones that were promoted. I understand the cameraman was filming him when the police escorted him out the building when they fired him. And then the cameraman was also dating the producer for the morning show. I mean, 
Does anybody want to talk about that? Well, I'll, I'll say a few words about it. See, we we still we still can't see ourselves the same as they as they are. And I say they, we as black people. I know it's a black to say we got to get over this. We shouldn't see ourselves as black. We should see ourselves as just American. We can see ourselves as what we want to, but they still see us as what they see us as. And here's one of the things that we don't talk. We don't either. We don't talk about, or we don't know, or we don't feel comfortable talking about because it's putting down a, a group of people. But in, in white life, in white life, general life, as they grow up, they're taught to be hateful, discriminatory, prejudiced. I, I know that none, I know that none of us on this telephone line that are black can recall anybody in our family teaching us to hate anybody. Okay, we, we were never taught to hate anybody, but they do because I've had black black I'm not black white children that are one or two years old call me the N word. They don't get that off of TV and they didn't get it out of a comic book. They got it from home. And I've had white friends who tell me how they are raised to think that discrimination amongst people of color, especially black, is okay. And how it's okay to, to think in terms of how you have to cover your butt because you, you can't say that you're discriminating. You can say you might have a problem with somebody, but you can't you can't push that that hatefulness out in the open. But it's there. It's being taught and it's and that's part of our problem here in the country. That's why I think it'll never go away because uh it's, it's like it's like roaches and bed bugs. When you kill one, there are a bunch more that are still out there that are that are still, um, you know, breathing and still continuing uh, down this road. It's going to be centuries before we uh, maybe get rid of the idea of being used as a people and abused as a people. And, well, and let me we, let, we, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you right right just a second. We've got somebody that just came on from Central California, and uh, we got a little bit of noise in the background. I just want to tell everybody we've got a little noise going on. Um, okay, hang on, hang on a second in my ears. Oh, okay. But I just wanted to say, um, okay, Central California, who's that on the line? Go ahead, state your name, and tell us how you feel about the young man who moved from Oakland to Virginia to be a news anchor, and do you think that maybe he should have been given some more instruction before he got there to really understood, to understand how prejudice works? Go ahead, Central California. Hello, who's on the line? Okay, we're not getting the answer. Uh, okay, Andre, go ahead. Go ahead, Andre. What do you think about that? Well, of course, you know, Barbara, with us who grew up here in California, you know, we're used to a certain lifestyle. We're used to certain people. But when you go down to the southern states, especially the slave states, it's a whole different thought process. Yeah. And you have to get used to your surroundings when you're down there. The people are different. The mores, everything is just different mentally and so if somebody calls you the negro word or a monkey or whatever they've been doing it all their lives that's what they've taught it's a way of life but coming what? from here we don't put up with that we don't do it here 
Right. And then and, and, you mm-hmm. want to deal with that when you move down there to a southern state and when you confront those type of issues. You know, it seems as though you got to have some kind of type of entry interview to prepare you. You know, hey man, get ready because here's how it goes down here when you're in these states: Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Virginia, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and this is the way it is. Right. So, do you think that he didn't have? Do you? Okay. So, I, I really hated to see what happened. Let me just preface myself with that. I hated to see what happened with that. But I, what I really hated more than that was when they lifted up my friend and my mentor, Chauncey Bailey, who died here on the streets of Oakland because he was assassinated because of the story and the quality of news uh, settering and uh, real live information, the story he was working on. The story that he was working on for the Oakland Post cost him his life. And that is what they, uh, they, they, the media tended to say about the two that were killed last week. And that was not what it was. And I felt that it was, uh, for some reason, when you kill yourself and you have a letter that you've written to the TV stations. After the brother, you remember the brother in California, the police officer in Los Angeles? Remember he exposed the entire police department and said this is what's really going on? Do you remember that? Well, after that, every letter was a manifesto, and after that, we never heard the letter no more. Remember that? (laughs) They just got rid of all the information of what he had to say. And I think that what happened with this brother is what is easily the tipping point for any of us operating in a racial in, in racial inequality. It is a tipping point, and it is a thing that you get to a point where, you know, I just don't have a coping mechanism for this and how I'm being treated. So what do you use? Andre, as your coping mechanism that will help our audience understand when your back is up against the wall and you want to do the right thing, but you need to be, you need your situation on the job rectified. How do you go about that? Well, it just depends on the situation on the job and how one deals with it and how strong you are internally in dealing with these people. And Sometimes our people are not equipped to deal with with uh, people with these adverse type of opinions. And if they see weakness in you, they will continue to do it. Now, how do you rectify that? Is, is you, you just have to evaluate each, each situation. The one in L.A. that you're referring to with the policeman down there, he took it to an extreme. What happened here in Virginia well, that was kind of strange because you see a gun and a cat with a camera phone walking around and walks up to the set right over the shoulder of the cameraman, and then he walks away and then comes back, and then he fires three shots and all miss. And he's, what, 10 feet away or less? 
something is really strange about that case, and I've been reading some things on the Internet. And plus somebody wrote, hey, if you notice his hand, his hand was white. And then how does someone go and walk around on a set? Barbara, you and I have been in front of a camera numerous times. I mean, we're always aware of our surroundings. I mean, peripheral vision comes into play at some point in time. And it just doesn't make sense how somebody can just walk up, film it, walk away, and then come back, and then pull the trigger three times, and the woman just runs away. And then the camera mm. just drops at that point. You never saw her hitting the ground. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. But I, I, I what, what do you think about that, uh, Mr. Nomo? Tell us what you think. And I wanted to, you know, hold on, you're cutting. You're, hold on, you're cutting out. You're cutting out. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Now try it again. Okay, that's one of the things talking about. And you're right. We don't, we never hear the information if it's not to our benefit to hear the information. Plus, you know, it doesn't depend on the situation because in a lot of states, Barbara, in, the, in this 50 states of the United States, it's still, it's, still, it's still okay to discriminate. It's still okay. In Georgia, you can find somebody based on whatever you want to do, based it on. It doesn't have to be based on nothing but what you want to do. I don't like you. I don't like you because you're black. I don't have to say that, but I can say I don't like you. I don't like you because you're ghetto. I don't like you because you're not the right kind of person. I like you. I don't like you because your complexion isn't the kind of complexion I like. It's okay right. to do in a lot of states, we still allow discrimination. Discrimination has not been stamped out. Discrimination, racism is one thing. Discrimination is a whole different animal. Mm. <laughs> okay? They're right. not the same. They're not the same. And they're, but, but they are because they're tied. They're, 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 they're part of the same family. And, but, but the mm. other thing that the brother was just saying about not knowing the situation and not being able to evaluate the situation it doesn't. Be, it, we could be playing backgammon, and they change it to 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 spades. And we'd be playing spades, they could change it to football. The game changes all the time for us. So right. we could we could be very. Uh, uh, and that that's what gets the person that's intelligent. Sometimes when they see people coming at them the wrong way, they think that they can go to the forces. They know the law. They know where they stand. They know that they're right. And then all of a sudden, they come back and they still get slapped around. And yeah, that can take them to the point where they say, you know what? I tried it the right way. I'm just going to do it the way that I know that will leave a lasting impact and maybe get somebody's attention. It will get somebody's attention, but the attention that they're going to give us and the information we're going to get, it's still, we're still going to be fed with a spoon on the information, whether there was a police officer in Southern California, whether there was a brother here in, in Virginia. We don't know really what happened, what tipped them over, or what made them go to the breaking point. The brother down at the naval yard, they shot him a bunch of people. We don't know what set them off and made them go to where they went. And now, if, well, if we don't, I, you know, I we have the people don't do that here. in a lot of times. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I have a point. You know, when, uh, now, now, hear me out carefully. You know, my parents were, and, and Mr. Noma, you knew my parents. My parents right. were, you know, my parents were colored. <laughs> and they were proud of that. They were colored, they were accomplished, and they made their way through. They had to, they had to do some, some death-defying stuff. But they got over working hard, keeping their head down, 
carrying on one way in the house, but another way when they went outside. They had a roof for most white people. I mean, they had a whole, um, a, a whole road show, if you will, for how they handled themselves in the street and dealing with folks at PG&E, at the bank, at the church, at this and that. And then at home, they had a different dialect. They had a different way of handling themselves, a different dress. Um, that was the key to their survival. That was their key. You know, my parents told me I could be anything I wanted to be, but watch the police and watch the white folks. I mean, right. that was it. That was the way we were taught. And now I find myself telling my daughter, hey, you could be anything you want to be, but I eliminate them other little pieces that she still needs to know because it's the same game, just the players have changed. The sophistication right. has changed. And I think a lot of us go out there, Andre, and when we get out there, um, you know, because this young man, hey, let's get it straight. He was from Oakland. Okay, make no means about it. He was from Oakland, California. His daddy has status. He plays football. They was living well to do. I think his daddy owned five houses on the block that they live on. You pick a house, whichever one you want to live in, that's the house that belongs to you. You know, I mean, he was well-established. He was well-educated. He looked good. You understand? So there were so many great things going on about him. But I think that, you know, we just don't, we just, in Oakland, we have just learned to react. We don't let it go by, let it slip past. You know, we face it head on. And I think that that characteristic doesn't play well when you get in North Carolina, Virginia, and whatnot, and you by yourself. Andre, what do you say to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, if I picked up right now and moved to Mississippi and Louisiana, you guys would be reading about me getting lynched maybe the next uh, 30 days, you know, because I, I just can't downgrade myself and, uh, you know, just acting like I'm, I'm just existing on a plantation just to pacify the master. No, I'm going to be the same brother here as I'm going to be anywhere else. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and so it could cost me dearly, but, you know, being black is not monolithic. You know, we, you know, we talk a certain way when we're around our family. We talk a certain way when we're around professional acquaintances. Then we have to talk a certain way if we're at the job or if we're at the bank trying to get a loan. We have mm. to several different languages. But, but what kind of what kind of what kind of pressure does that put on the the average black person to have to be so? And Richard Wright pointed pointed it out in the, in the 1940s in his book Black Boy. Okay, well, mm-hmm. and then the follow up the book Nigga. But he uh, pointed out very clearly in that book, which was a Pulitzer surprise reading novel, about mm-hmm. how black folks had to play a, a certain role in order to stay keep their head above the water. It's tremendous mm-hmm. pressure on us. And, and then not only, we don't really have discrimination in, in the South, and I keep telling black folks, you know, you can be discriminated in the Sacramento, right there in Oakland. You can be discriminated against in San Francisco. It can be straight-up racism. It can be blatant and unforgiving racism. And it depends on who you are and who did it to you. Uh, it'll just be uh, – uh, it, it won't even be recognized. So well, how do know, we as a people, how do we as a people 
continue to live, continue to talk about we shall overcome when we're being overrun, and keep uh, on moving. Right. How do we do well, that? Well, here, well, well, here's the interesting thing. Uh, and everybody, you're listening to Straight Talk with the Higher Brush. I'm your host, Barbara. We have open forum tonight. You can reach in at one. 724-444-7444. Caller ID is 131959-POUND, and one pin is your pound, and you pound after that. But listen, here's the thing. You know, you put a mayor, like the mayor that's in Oakland right now, someone who is inequipped to keep the Raiders in tow, someone who is inequipped to come and meet with the people, someone who puts a daytime or rather an evening curfew after 6 o'clock in the downtown streets where they say that there's illegal to protest. You get somebody who runs a mandate that uh, 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 it's okay for the citizens of the city to be relocated, whether they're relocated by gentrification or whether they're ran out because the price just went up three times or whether they're shot out because the um, disparaging point in Oakland between the, the realization of living while black and living while white are so demonstratively different. I mean, you could see at 2 o'clock in the morning white folks riding on their skateboards and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, mothers with children are being murdered in the streets. So these people are living blocks apart from one another, and there is no cohesiveness in the suffering. Very interesting. So scare us out of our homes so y'all in San Francisco can come live and do your thing because we're going to flee to where? Pittsburgh, Antioch? wherever there is disarray and lack of organization. Do you right. agree with what I'm saying, uh, Andre? Well, yes, I do. I mean, it's a plan. It was a plan. And they've executed on this plan very well to their liking, of course. And we realize oh. that, um, that they're doing. We're seeing it right here in front of our eyes. But this is what you call economic uh, discrimination or economic racism, how it plays out. Because what they do is it all starts where your show originally started with economics was valuation, artificial valuation of uh, currencies, artificial valuation of stocks, of commodities, whatever it may be. And so what they're doing here is uh, artificial valuation of real estate. And, yeah, if you have money, it don't matter what color you are, you're welcome to stay. You can buy a home anywhere you want, no matter what color you are. But you got to be able to pay the price. Now, over in San Francisco, everybody here knows what they're paying for rents and mortgages over there. And they're the ones with the employment, the billion-dollar companies. And so and they can come over here to Oakland and capture some things. I saw it as being in a real estate development business. I saw it right here in front of me, here in North Oakland on the Emeryville border. I saw it. I saw people, older people dying, their children taking over homes, and then they'll have it for their inheritance for six, seven, eight months. They would lose it, and then here they come. Investors came in. They purchased them up. 
fix them up beautifully. And if they're renting, they don't rent to black folks. They don't. And so there is economic inequality. They've jumped on North Oakland. They're in West Oakland, and they're moving out to East Oakland. The same issue is happening in L.A. We've heard Lorenzo talk about it as well. On yes, Trump's in Los politics. Angeles. That's right. And so this is economics, economics discrimination, economics racism, whatever it may be. But if you have the money, you can play the game. If you don't have the money, you're butt out. You're out and you go to pre-designated areas that you can afford. And so they keep those properties are officially lowered. And as I said, uh, as, as I said earlier, we don't have the money. We don't have the wealth. And Andre did say uh, something very significant. It is a plan. Uh, what's happening now has been talked about five, six, seven, eighteen years ago. And and we it's just new new uh, new news to us. But it's it's been news to somebody else. There's a book called um, Death at an Early Age. If it's still in print, if any of you guys want to go get a copy of it and read it, it's mind-boggling and it is. And it is uh, uh, it will open your eyes to how the system works. It's called Death at an Early Age. You probably can get a copy of it or, uh, somewhere, get a, get a copy of it, but it's a very interesting book. But um, but almost every now and then uh, something will come along that will upset, upset the apple cart, Barbara, and like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Black, Li- Black Lives Matter or the other one uh, that they used to have when they were having the protest downtown in Oakland. What was that group called? Um, the One Percenters. And see, they come, they come, and what they have to do, though, is to demonize that instantly. Right before O'Reilly, they said he's going to use every everything he had in his arsenal and power, influence, and money to destroy Black Lives Matter. Who said that? Who said that? Bill Bill O'Reilly. He just made it sound. I'm going to shut them down. And yeah, every time a police officer gets killed by a black person, it, it is a Black Lives Matter movement, okay? Even though this guy that just killed somebody uh, in Texas, Houston, Texas, he, he was declared mentally incompetent on another trial just a few years ago. He, he went to, he went to uh, um, a mental hospital because he, he doesn't have the intelligence to, to, uh, to decide what is right and what is wrong. Look what he black and he killed a white officer. That had to be a Black Lives Matter thing. The two officers killed him in New York. That had to be somebody from Black Lives Matter because because we can't be saying that we think we're important, that we're human. Because let's be honest with ourselves. White people in general may tell you in your face, How you doing, Miss Miss McGee? When you leave, your name is gonna be Gal, Boogaboo, Boogaloo, and a whole bunch of other names that you're not on your birth certificate, okay? Uh, we have mm-hmm. to understand that this this is a common thing amongst them, amongst those folks. And and I well, think me, in generality, let, people will tell me, well, you, you can't mean 100%. I, I mean 100%. And then I'll start deducting when you prove to me otherwise. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question, though. Let me, I'm going to uh, give, uh, um, I'm going to give you, Mr. Noma, two minutes, and I'm going to go to Andre, give you two minutes. I'm really interested in knowing, do you think, that this proliferation in race is because uh, our president, President Barack Obama, is black? Do you think that his two-term 
stellar presidency has become the knife in our back racially? No. No more. No, I don't think so. I think that it was a good thing uh, that he was there. But you know what? What it is? It is what it is. The Paul Dean said it said it very, very bluntly. I is what I is, and they is what they is. Okay, they ain't nothing else. And and and, and if you want to put more light on them, just put more light in the room. The same thing that they here. Just here closer. So it doesn't matter whether Barack Obama had one or McCain had one or whoever Reverend Romney had one. These folks and the way that we are are. As Andre was just saying, the plan has been in place five, six, ten years ago, and then they put it in. They put it in the motion. Everything that they want to do to you, and everything they want to do, what they're going to do. Those who have money are always trying to figure out a way to make have more money, and 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 they can have your money because whatever you whatever you're doing, they can they can take that over and 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 and, and co-opt it and and use it and abuse it and make more money. Look 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 let's look, look, look back. How white folks got rich over a hurricane in New Orleans. White yeah. folks got rich. White folks got rich. On it. They had one truck, Barbara, that delivered some water, an 18 wheeler. I think that the delivery of that water, that company made $800,000 on one delivery. One delivery, one damn delivery of water. But people got mm. white folks got rich, and now New Orleans is not a majority black city anymore. No, it isn't. Neither is Oakland, California, and Oakland no, is no. where all of our change came from. I mean, really, if you stop and think of it, oh, Oakland. I'm not going to say it was the birth of the movement, but it was the birth of the resistance, and that mm. is what's most important. You know, right. Andre? What, what's your point, Andre? What, what do you think about our president? being in power and doing so well that he's become so hated that it's the knife that we carry in our back. We don't see it. Well, I'm going to slightly disagree with Brother Momo to the extent that um, I think that, in my opinion, of course, that when Barack Obama came in as president of the United States, they even said before he even took the oath of office that they're going to disagree with him on everything that he does. And, and Mitch McConnell came out and said that himself, that anything he puts up there, that if, if, if he says yes, they're going to say no. If, they, if he says no, they're going to say yes. And not only is that attitude is in the U.S. Senate and in the Congress, it has to spread out into the streets. It has to spread out to Wall Street. It's got to spread out to Tupelo, Mississippi, and it's got to spread out to here, even in California, that, okay, now that they got one of them in the White House, look, okay, they got theirs now, but any chance I get, I'm going to get them. I heard, uh, I was listening to talk radio one day when he first came in, and some cat called in and said he's getting ready to go fire every black employee that he has. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to I, me. I heard him say it. And yeah. so... It's just been a real attitude shift. I've seen it personally um, in conversations with white folks, and and they, they vehemently uh, hate uh, the president of the United States. The things yes, that they yes. have said, that they, even other people I know, things I see them putting out on the internet, and they wouldn't do this to Nixon. They wouldn't do this 
to Reagan when he was running dope. They wouldn't didn't do this to Bush, bringing in narcotics into South Central L.A. and weapons while they were down there and doing their things in, in Nicaragua. And lo and behold, you, you don't even, we don't even have to go over Bush and what he did when he went in the office and the plan for a new American century when they said that they had to create another uh, Pearl Harbor. The next thing you know, here's some uh, military planes flying into the buildings there in New York. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but now, but when he comes in, they, it was just a plan to just disrupt the the dude when he was given the State of the Union up there in the second deck, calling him a liar. You gonna call the yeah. president of the United States a liar? And this is an elected official, and he's given a State of the Union address, and they didn't yeah. do that to Bush. They didn't do it to Reagan. They didn't do it to Nixon. They didn't do it to Clinton. But here, you don't, it's just a code. that You just don't mess with any president in the State of the Union. You give him his, his respect, even if you don't agree with him. Now, you don't have to hand clap for him necessarily, but you don't stand up and say, you liar, at the State of the right. Union. So right. this attitude, it started in D.C., and it is spread out into the streets of this country. But as you see, when he was campaigning for the presidency, he was over in Germany and drew, what, over a million people. And wherever he went in the world, people loved him, maybe with the exception of, of, of Israel. But we know what's up there. And, and so, yes, it has been a destructive attitude and... And they just hate the imagery of a black family being at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And now look at them now. They are in a big mess now with this 16 people uh, running for the uh, Republican. It is a, yes, a comedy. It's Comedy Central right now. It, <laughs> sure, is. it sure is. It sure is. Mr. Nomo. So let me ask you this question. So since we see that we are being pushed out, uh, not hired, uh, our kids are graduating from college and not given career opportunities, housing market, any house that you really want to purchase to be a player in the game, over a million five, got to have a good credit I mean, the whole stack of cards seems like they're stacked against us. What would you say would be three things that we need to do as a people that would give us a better footing, if you can put that in two minutes? I don't oh, know. right. Uh, well, first thing we need to do is understand that we're all in this together. And then number two, I guess we have to know ourselves a little bit better and know from whence we came and where we're going. And and we have to understand, just like I, I agree with Hillary Clinton when she told the Black Lives Matters uh, guy that you're not going to change many hearts, okay? We need to change laws. 14th Amendment needs to be a change because slavery That's should not be allowed. Slavery should not be allowed under no circumstance. But it says in the 14th Amendment, if you're incarcerated, slavery is allowed. We need to get rid of the whole that Slavery is still legal in this country. 
because it can't have a little bit of slavery. You can have about a, a little bit of slavery just like you can have a little bit of pregnancy, okay? And you can have a little <laughs> bit of either one of those, okay? Uh, you got that right. That's right. Okay. And so, Andre, so tell me, what do you think that we as a people need to do to put ourselves in a position that we can, I mean, right now, you know, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you can't think out the box, if you don't have, and this is in my uh, perception, if you don't have a good coping skill, if you don't have good etiquette, if you don't look good, you know, you kind of got a non-complete cause going on. I mean, you don't have good footing. So tell me, what would you say would be the three things that need to be implemented in our people or that we could all do to try to turn this thing around? Well, Bermondi, it's it's sad to say, but, you know, you've been around. You saw the movement in the 60s. You saw it in the 70s and in the the 80s, you know, prior to crack cocaine um, infiltrating our, our not only our communities but our mind and our psyche. But we were probably in worse shape economically in the 60s and 70s and 50s. But the one thing that we had, we had was one another. We had, we were going around calling each other a minute, brothers and sisters. We had unity. We had unity amongst the families, the mother, the father, the functioning family unit as a whole. And I'm here to say, and 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 I, and I just want you guys. You know, you can disagree with me if you want. But I'm here to say that the black movement is dead. It's over. It's done. So much has happened in the process. And I think that crack cocaine really kind of did it. It, it really kind of broke us down. It broke us apart. And then also the evolution of the hip hop industry. It can, it played a part in it as well. But all we can do, we'll never, we won't live long enough to really incorporate a black agenda, and for that black agenda to be followed, and for something prosperous to come out of it. But what we can do is we can do our thing in smaller economic proportions. If we have a, a handful of black professionals with, with an idea or concept, we can come collectively together and people do what they do to make that business a success. And then the fruits of our success is hiring our people just like what they do. If you look at Facebook with what's her name, Zuckerberg, you look at the staff over there, it's ninety nine point nine percent white. The same uh, they thing don't apologize happens. neither. They're they the same apologize. thing with Google. They take care of their own. Right. And we, we, we don't do that. We don't do that. We won't do that. And, and it, it's just a shame because 
then the other factors come into play. This is why it's tough coming together as black folks, even at the professional level. Because then we have we, we can even get sellouts then at that place at at that point in time when you think you have a, a black idea, the black concept going, a black company going, and then next thing you know, your brother or your sister will turn on you. They will stab you just like if on the plantation with with the Negro on the plantation who went back and told the master they're getting ready to escape tonight. They they will do it. I'm telling you. Well, it's in place of slavery and Mr. Uh, Willie Lynch, he came up with a great idea. He said, just let them uh, base, separate them and treat them differently according to what uh, their skin color, hair texture, uh, um, you know, and their place in the, in the plantation. And he said, when you put this in place, this will go on for generations. You won't have to do anything to to perpetuate it. It will be self-perpetuating. And our hatred for mm. each other, unfortunately, Andre, you're absolutely correct, is right on point. We hate each other. And, yep. uh, and we got to get over that first before we get any. Uh-huh. Okay, well, so let me ask you gentlemen this, okay? And everybody, you're listening to Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. I'm your host, Barbara McGee, and we're on a different time tonight, starting at 8, <coughs> 8 9. And uh, our regular show is Tuesdays at 7.30. On Monday nights, Galaxy Talk Radio has Compton Politics. And on Wednesday nights, we have Rosalind's Corner with Rosman Mills Jordan, and she has wonderful artists from Los Angeles on uh, and always has great uh, conversation. We have a 24-hour radio station, and we also have uh, independent artists where you can download music yourself. And uh, check out our website and see the upcoming events. But I have a a statement that I'd like to make, um, you know, get you gentlemen to weigh in on it. And it just seems like to me that no matter... How we look at this thing, our situation is so much different than any other situation, any other minority, any other sexual preference. You know, we as blacks, don't, we don't need to side up with anybody else because our situation in America is directly linked to the lack of economic um, fulfillment from the labors and the horrors we suffer at the hands of America. That's what the problem is. Uh, there is no way to rectify that unless you have, number one, affirmative action on jobs and on education. Number two, unless you have housing, similar to how uh, that housing is done, with the Indian nations, the sovereign nations that within us. And number three, to have the ability to um, be protected. I think we're standing at a position where we're like the, the aborigine, if you will. The aborigine was getting to the point where they was dying off. They were being killed. They were killing each other. They were shooting. They were, you know, suffering from a mental illness to the point where they couldn't fit in and they couldn't do without. And that's kind of where we are. I think the problem is is that all of us don't suffer from the same illnesses of racism. And so when we are, um, when I am not discriminated 
discriminated because I'm not dark as you, and I can get over on some areas, then I keep my mouth shut. When you take the brunt of the racism because maybe your hair is, excuse me, darker, uh, tighter curled, uh, darker skinned, but you're still a beautiful woman, but you have a different reality, then I can't identify with you. So I've already been tipped up, just like Mr. Nomo said, with the um, Willie Lynch lineage and how that's impacted us. I think that we are coming to a fruition where people are starting to see that something needs to be done. I think uh, we as a people need to stand for that. I think that we as a people need to stand for our education and for the history that has been hidden from us to be given to us. And, you know, just like the Chinese kids meet after school, let us teach our own kids for two hours after school. You know, just like the Latino kids have somebody <laughs> different to sit in the in the class with them because they don't understand <laughs> English until they can command English, I think we need to have somebody sit with us so that when they dish out all these untruths out of the history book, we got somebody to help us break off all and understand, well, now that's a lie. That ain't true. Now, this is sort of true, but this is how it really went. You know, because it all happens in school. That's where we, that's where the master devaluation and documentation goes down. Hey, but Barbara, we, uh, but Barbara when, when uh, in the 70s, when, when Black Studies, were coming out, and first they thought it was just going to be a side show, you know, like dog and pony show. We would teach each other how to tap dance, you know, eat watermelon, spit seeds, you know, how to book dance. And when they found out that, that there were black studies programs around the, around the country, especially one even at Sac State, that were really, really teaching black people how to be black, they shut it down. When schools, when, when people said, okay, we're tired of you sending our kids to poor schools, we're going to set up a school in our own neighborhood, a charter school. They shut those down. You can't have all black schools, can't have all male schools, can't have all female schools, because we don't want to, you to, to learn, uh, learn anything, especially about how to beat the system. And what the, the brother and you both have said, yeah, we've got to do better, and the only way we're going to do better is to, is to not, continue to play, not, not continue to play their game. Whatever game they're playing, when, when people ask me, am I playing the race card, I tell them, no, I'm not. I'm playing the race deck. Plus, I'm playing pinnacle. I'm playing two decks. So don't go get me on playing the race card because that doesn't bother me. And whatever I bring up, I, I, I reverse races, I, you know, I go with that too. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to bite on the bullet. I'm not going to bite on the bullet like, oh, no, no, sir. I, I ain't trying to do nothing. I'm doing anything you say I'm doing. Because if I annoy you, I know number one thing, you're going to be too annoyed to mess with me. Mm-hmm. I'm upset your apple card, okay? I'm upset your so, apple card. So you're I'm a musician. So you're a musician. So what do you think about this thing with Jay Z and some of the really heavy, wealthy moguls in the music industry that influence all of us anyway? What do you think about them pulling away out of the mainstream and going with title? Do you think that that is something that will start us with our own independence? Or do you think yes, that's a yes. black thing, or do you think that's the thing? I don't know if they're going to do that, because uh, if you look at every uh, black person that, that, that made it, uh, that, not every, but a lot of blacks that have made it, whether they be superstars or supermodels or 
super uh, musicians or in theater, they, 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 on their rise to the top, Barbara, in most cases, they made some white person wealthy, okay? They didn't just, Rick James, uh, NWA, whoever you can name, whoever you want to, Edda James, whoever was coming up in, in, the, in the market or in trying to, you know, rise to the top, they got there because they, they empowered some white person, okay? Now, yeah, now we now that we we didn't made it, we can do our own thing. Have we got out of that mindset that we don't need to empower a white person in order for us to make it? Have we got out of that mindset? I doubt it, very seriously. No. Well, what do you think, Andre, as a mogul that has your own media company that serves and edifies African Americans and blacks all over the world internationally? We know we're going to be heard in Ghana. We say hello to our people in Ghana and Nigeria and Tanzania and uh, Nepal. So, what do you say to that? What do you is that the is that a black thing or are they moving on to something that's new that we all should find synergy with? No, it's not a black thing. Definitely not a black thing. They don't look at the world like that. They look at it as a green thing, and green as it relates to economics and. Um, some of the people that they brought on their team there are white. And I guarantee you the puppet master behind the scenes is white. And so this this is a green thing. And, and just like Brother said before, you know, Jay-Z and all these people, they're rich. They're not wealthy. They're rich. And they made other people wealthy. So if they can get out here and write a check for $100 million, $300 million, how much can the person who made them rich, how much can they write checks for in the billions of dollars? And so we just have to emulate what they do and do the same thing with our little small group of artists and, and deal with our social uh, media network and to build up a base. And we can do the same thing. T2PICL will be a billion-dollar company. It will be there. You know, and and once we start getting the support and having the, the degree of visibility, I mean, we're not going to necessarily do it the way that they did it, and some of the sacrifices that they made in order to get their wealth. You know, we still want to be on the right side spiritually, emotionally, and um, we want to stay on on the good foot. We don't want to have to cross over to the other side for the sake of a dollar. And so, but it starts right here, and in our unity, collectively coming together, and whoever that may be. And see, I'm talking about an attitude. I'm not necessarily talking about a color. I'm talking about an attitude. Unity is an attitude nowadays. It's not necessarily black. It can be whomever that that has the same likeness and thought that you have. And if we have a model here that we want to perfect and we want to build it up into one of those multi-billion dollar um, companies, you know, we're going to need support. And, and I'm just here to say, and I'm willing to take the criticism on it, I just don't think that you can get a group of black folks together and build a multi-billion dollar company. I, I think that they would kill each other first before what happened. <laughs> And I hope Martin and Malcolm and Elijah listening to this show tonight up on the mothership, you know, don't throw any lightning bolts at me, but looky here. 
is this is 2015. If, if if I started taking T25, or I should say when I started taking T25CL to the next level, believe you me, it's going to be somebody darker than me or darker than me or a little bit lighter than me that's going to be trying to bring it down. It's just well, the way it is. Well, I, I want to I say this, and you know what, gentlemen, it has been fun, but you know what, we're almost at our hour level, and... Uh, you know, it's been so nice to be able to, first off, uh, be with you and hear your opinions and allow the world, really, to hear the State of the Union address coming Great. from two such well-educated and well-informed and accomplished uh, African-American men. I thank you for that. And I, can I, I say one more thing, Barbara? Can I say one more thing? Uh, yes, what I do, What I do, what I do here locally, I put the local media and any media that I come across that misspoke about black people on, on, on point. Uh, there was a program here called Insight. They did a program about uh, a family that moved from Atlanta, Georgia in the 1950s to come to Sacramento that was fully integrated. They said that Sacramento was fully integrated in the 1950s. Well, it was compared to Atlanta, Georgia, because Atlanta, Georgia, they had racism written into law. In Sacramento, it was just like, you know, like under the cover. But it was still here, and it's still here. It ain't wouldn't nowhere. Anytime I look in the paper and I see something like one time they had something in the in the paper about how refrigerator created the refrigerator and he was so innovative, and I tell them they ought to look at Derek Morrison because he got like 37, 36 patents with refrigeration, and and refrigerator only got four. So who's who's responsible for the refrigeration? Mars or, or refrigerator? I make, I make them <laughs> do retractions. I make them do retractions. I make them do rewrites. I make them do research. And any time yeah. I hear, I don't care whether who show it on, whatever I hear misspeaking, I call them up. They may think I'm a thorn in the side, and I'm gonna be a thorn in your side. And then you get tired of you know doing the wrong thing and saying the wrong thing, and, and that's what we got to start. But we got to correct the information out there, and we can't let people like Bill O'Reilly even open their mouth talking they want to stop Black Lives Matter. What is Black Lives Matter? They're saying that we're tired of police murdering us, and this white man is saying I don't want a, an organized movement. To the protest that. Why? Yes. Yes. Why? Why? Absolutely. Why would he want? Why would? Why would he open his mouth? He ain't stupid. He know what it is. He know that he know this is not the the black mouse. He know that we're not we're not uh, you know uh, colonialists. He know he know that, that that this is not a revolution. This is just talking about. We want you to stop killing us on the street for driving, walking. Yes. Exactly. Just being, and why would he open his mouth and say he's going to pose that with every fiber in his body? Why would we, and, and, and we also have to pull our people on the carpet. Look, you may not say that you're black, you may not want to be black, but when, when you get in the way, you're going to be black. <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 the funny thing is, is that, you know, being black is very controversial. It is. And there's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing that's going to ever change about that. But I no. think that we as a people, we need to start harnessing our, and number one, you know, getting a degree or a doctorate, a PhD, a master's, um, how that works is so that when you open your mouth, you've made it through their process. That's what that's for. But the bottom line is you have to be able to gain that master 
in terms of being able to cope. Coping skills. Let me give you let me give you a little information. Did you know that they say right now black women will live longer than anybody else on the face of the earth? Why? Because of the amount of things that they have had to overcome in their life. Coping skills are mastery level gifts. And I think that we need to start grabbing our young people and teaching them coping skills, communication skills, coping skills. I think we need to stop trying to better up one. I think we need to have five or ten people in our home. If you got a home, you need to double up. If you got a home, you need to triple up. You need to fill all those rooms with people who can pay, that y'all can bond together, and that you can compromise and make something big happen for all of y'all. I think we need to stop thinking out of the region of our family, thinking that it's over there better. I can do better if I just incorporate with those people over there. I think you've got to realize that you're born into a family and you've got to make it happen where you're at and quit looking over the fence and trying to figure it out. I think us women, we need to back up off that designer stuff and all that stuff that we're spending our money on. That's a couple things, ladies, I know y'all got to go get because I'm sitting to go get them. But the bottom line is, but the bottom line is, we have got to save our dollars so that white people see that we are just not going for the okie doke. Andre, what do you say we need to do? Let me, I want to go back to something you just said when you said that we need to come together and, and occupy the rooms and 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 do our part. And you know, when our parents came out here from Texas. And, and my father in particular, you know, he followed my aunt out here. Then some cousins followed out here, and they all lived in one du- duplex unit over on 10th Street. And, That's uh, right. And for the first time, I saw this place just a few weeks ago. And it was a very spiritual moment when I saw that, that house. I had never seen it. Uh, my father had never taken me to it when he was living to see this place, but I went on my own and finally saw it. And when they came together, they could live together collectively with no problem. And in the days we used to drive to Texas, we would go to our aunt's house, our cousin's house, and all of us, six kids here, eight kids there, we would all exist, sharing beds, sharing couches, the floors, and everything. No problem. But your family comes out in the day, you got to put them in hotels now. They can't stay with you. And then if we do have somebody staying with us, all of a sudden they don't want to pay the rent. They, they, who do you think he is getting his money? Even though they're living in the house. And now all of a sudden you want to put them out, but you just can't even put them out now because they've, they've established tenancy. And now you got to go through the court system to get a structure. And, and, and this is a problem because we may be speaking in ideologies. Great. I'll get this big house, this five-bedroom house. I'll have Mojo, Little Larry, and, and Tootsie, and Nunu, and Stella, and all of them sharing the room. But now somebody's not going to want to pay rent. Somebody's going to jack the pad up, mess it up, don't want to clean up behind themselves. Now all of a sudden we've got the disaster when we thought that, 
we we were going to have something here that we can all share and live in. But somebody in today's time, in 2015, in 1960, 65, 75, 80, we could do it. 50, 55, 1945, 1940, we could do it. But in the year of 2015, our people are not thinking like that anymore. And they want to sit around here and voluntarily call themselves a nigga and take care of it. That is a problem. It is a major, major problem when you want to downgrade yourself and call yourself that. The word nigga means one who has lost total knowledge of himself. No, no. They've accepted it. They've accepted it. And black is is our birthright. It's where we came from. It's the creation of all men on this planet. When we were all created from triple darkness, it is the essence of all being. Black is not even a color. It's the essence of all being of life on this planet. Why do they hate us? Well, because that's because of what you just said. Because we are all things on this planet. We are it. We are we are the people that they talked about in the Old Testament. But you know the worst thing that happened to black people, I think, and I, I mean I've heard this and I believe it. Of all the blacks that have been integrated or or um, have uh, won their freedom in different countries and different places in the world, uh, they fought for it. We 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 were integrated. And integration was one of the worst things outside of the cocaine epidemic that happened to us with integration. Because somehow there used to be, it's just like this brother just said, we, we, had, we had manners, we had, a, we had a system, we had a code. And, you, and in the black community, you had to live, you had, you had to live by that or we administer our own justice. And, and, and so people knew how to act right and stay right because if you didn't, you, you might have a whole community or a whole family come down on your butt like a two tons of bricks, okay? So yeah, we, we stayed right. in line for that reason, huh? That's right. See, I've been we stayed in line for that reason. Years. And now, now, like you said, you know, you, you can't whoop your children or you jump on your, if you jump on your cousin, they can call you up for assault, uh, you know, or you got to kick people out through an uh, unlawful detainer. We too integrated. Integration killed us. Brother Noel, I've been saying it for a few years that the black movement, probably about 10 years, the black movement is over. It's dead. And I've challenged anybody to prove me wrong and, and even to convince me to stop saying it. And I just haven't <laughs> an argument yet, a qualified argument. And so my philosophy or my ideology as it pertains to this subject matter must carry some weight. And I will say this to either in the country or the world. That the black movement is over. It's been systematically destroyed. Well, well I tell you what, y'all heard it first here on Straight Talk with the Higher Breath. And you know something, gentlemen, I tell you, in my travels and my ability to uh, move here and there, I am going to bring forth someone in the next month. It is my wish to bring forth someone that can sit on our panel who is a leader, who we won't use his name, and we can have him talk about the state of the union, of what's happening really, and how the shift 
has gone from in the street to taking them down on the Internet. I mean, there's a lot of things happening that we don't really see. But I bet you, I bet you by golly, wow, it's a, it's a couple of these organizations that are being head up by black people right now that are doing online terrorism and attacking them from a different source. I mean, you know, that is what brought down uh, Ferguson is the fact that all of their information for everyone from the DA to the prosecutors to the police chief to everybody on the police force, all their personal information have been exploited and exposed for the person, for the, for, the, for the public to pick who they wanted to hit. So that made them step down. But you know what? I certainly have enjoyed you guys. I, I've enjoyed you. Uh, Mr. Uh, Nomo, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I got dropped. Not, I got the call dropped, but I, I came back home. Oh, yeah. okay. Back. Well, we want to thank you for joining us, Mr. Nomo. We want to keep it down, keep it tight, keep it right. And uh, we thank you so much, Andre. Uh, Andre, give us a couple of uh, just updates on what's happening with T25CL, please. Well, boy, after this show tonight, <laughs> well, you know, Sister Barbara, you know, T25CL, we want people to uh, definitely visit our site and look at what we're doing and support us. You know, we've said some very powerful things on this radio here tonight, but we need to put some of these words into action. And we need to start calling into action for the people to start supporting our our product and and what we're doing. And all we want people to do is download one CD. Just check out. We only have a couple of films on there just as a test, just to get started. Actually, T25CL is still in the beta testing mode. But we need people to support us in, in our endeavors. They're supporting Facebook. They're supporting Twitter. They're supporting Instagram. They're supporting Microsoft. They're supporting Apple. So come on over here and support T25CL just like you do with these other companies and watch us grow up as well. And so that if if people were to or when they start supporting us in droves and in masses and throughout the world, watch and see how powerful of a company that we (laughs) see because we can say things with conviction. We can say things with integrity. We say things with truth. If you listen to any of these galaxy shows, we are talking truth and fact on these shows, and we're hitting the issues right on the head. Once again, we're just like that church. We need your support. We want the people to come in and to uh, check out our artists, download a CD, register on our website, stay in tune, and let us know how we can improve as well. So we're going to go on a push from here on out for the people to support, start supporting uh, T25CL, just like how they support all these other companies that I've mentioned in the past. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you, Brother Nomo. I want to thank you, Andre CEO, T25CL. I want to thank my T25CL listening audience, uh, Galaxy Talk Radio, for allowing me to be here and uh, for just, presenting personal thought, and that's what our First Amendment right is, to 
uh, to focus and to be able to initiate conversation so we can make this world a better place to live in. That's what it's really all about. All right. So peace and blessings, and thank you all. Thank you. uh, Good night. Good night. All right. And to all, a good night. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.